It's the illusion reporting from somewhere on spaceship Earth. Um, we're here for a, uh, another sober Wednesday. It is um, Wednesday. Just a second. And, and uh, here we are. We uh, will let everyone file in for a second. I'll drink a, a cup of coffee. Just have a little, little sip of the caffeine. Get all fired up here. All right. For the next hour, 6.30 Pacific Standard Time, we dedicate this hour to those who suffer. This is just a space for uh, people who need to check in. Maybe need to know there's a way out of their suffering. Maybe just need to know it's going to be okay for a minute. Maybe see what's going on. Whatever, uh, whatever your form of suffering is, you're welcome. Welcome here. It's uh, it's a human condition. There's no shame here. There's no uh, no judgment. We're just trying to uh, we're just trying to find the solution, if you will. Just trying to find the solution. So I'm an, I'm an alcoholic. So my perspective does come from the world of alcoholism. But this uh, stream is for anyone who's suffering, whether it's suicide, depression. Broken hearts, cookie addiction, gambling addiction, overweight, sex addiction, junkies, alcoholics, whatever, whatever it is, whatever is blocking you from God and making you feel hopeless. We're here to uh, show you that there's a, another way through all this. And with that said, I usually open this with a, uh, the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the thing I can, the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And uh, the the only real part of like any sort of AA we do here is I do read chapter five from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, where you hear, where you hear the word alcohol or alcoholic just replace it with ever whatever is uh your predicament whatever is blocking you from god whatever that might be this is a 12 steps that uh might help you get back on the path towards the light back into god's loving embrace so with that said let's read chapter five how it works on page 58 of the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. How it works. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to the simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those too who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, and many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. 
Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. Okay. Uh, we thought we could find an easier, softer way. Tell her I'm doing the, my Sober Wednesday, okay? But we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil till we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us. Awesome. We came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the results of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, What in order? I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines, The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God couldn't would if he were sought. After you just... Um, can you read um, chapter two, Rumblefish? Not right, not right now. Yes. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to read Rumblefish to him right now because that's sort of out of context. We need to find chapter one. Didn't that fall out of the book? Yeah. I'm going to read that to you tonight. Tonight, before. Okay. Chapter one. Yeah. Chapter two. Yeah, I'll read that after dinner. Okay, after we take vitamins. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, life's, life's a beautiful thing, man. Sometimes you feel the weight of it, dude. I feel the weight of it today. The weight of time. The weight of life. Not in a bad way, just like the realness of it. Of it you know what I mean? So I, uh, I guess I'm dedicating this live stream to Jerry Garcia. This one's for Jerry, dude. If you don't know Jerry, if you know who Jerry Garcia is, he used to be the lead singer of the Grateful Dead. 
And if you do know who he is, you know he suffered from, uh, you know, from heroin addictions and uh, couldn't quite get it, get it, you know what I mean? And so I was watching this documentary today about, about it all, dude. And, and I come from that, I come from that vein of existence. I'm a psychedelic warrior, dude. I'm, I saw it, dude. I, I don't know what it is. I've been real close to the sun. I am Icarus, right? I've been real close to the sun. I saw the pattern. I saw the grid work. I saw the truth. I saw whatever it, whatever it is. And I guess I'm here to tell you, dude, that whatever that is, it's dangerous because you can't get that close to it and not need to like medicate yourself back here, if you will. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that prescribe like, you know, go down and hang out with the shaman and it'll solve your problems. Oh, maybe you just need a little little bit of, of mushrooms or some psychedelic experience will solve the problem. It might, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not I don't know. But what I do know is the problem the problem from my perspective as an alcoholic, psychedelic warrior, human being, father, lunatic, free thinker, sovereign human being is uh, is 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 that I get my train of thought back there. Um, it's this. This is a tough existence down here. Yeah, it's full of like flowers and butterflies and redwood trees and beautiful sunsets and mountain peaks and rad moments when the cars working just right going around the corner and love and children. And yet, it's there's a lot of pain here, dude. And there's a lot of suffering here and you know that 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 thing when you when you experience the truth that that there is another reality beyond this this right it's really hard to come back to this and and just sit here in it and not anesthetize yourself and not fill yourself with ways to kind of just knock out the pain of being here because in order to be here, down here in this, you need some tools. You really do need some tools to be able to suck up the truth and experience the beauty at the same time because the beauty comes at a cost. The beauty really does come at a cost and the only way you get to truly discover the beauty is to discover the pain to discover the suffering. You know, your average middle of the road, call them normies, call them fence sitters, call them what you will. I don't know if they really get to see the true beauty because they don't want to experience the true pain. It's a very yin and yang type of thing. And and because, you know, for me, my experience, I didn't, I didn't get any, I didn't get anybody when I was five explaining these things to me about how how painful it will be and how beautiful it will be in the same thing so I kind of went into the world sort of 
un, unprepared for it. You know, it, it would have worked out for me if I had stayed in my lane. If I had just, you know, if I had just stayed, I don't know, whichever pill Morpheus is giving out, if I had just taken the one that didn't end, free me from the matrix, right? But I, I, I freed myself from the matrix. And with that is, is it was at, at great risk. And many people don't recover. That's why, you know, that's why the, uh, you know, that's why that thing of, you know, as, as a dude who's not anti-drugs, not anti any of it, who believes in free expression and finding your own way and all of that kind of stuff is, yeah, like it does start with a joint. It does start with like a beer behind the barn or like a cigarette or whatever it is, because these things free you from the traps of this temporal existence, this lower realm of the three dimensions and five senses. And once you know that you don't have to live in this, you kind of just want more and more and more if you're an alcoholic or an addict like me, right? And so for me, it was... For me, it was all kept in check. I know that's why I'm touching on this Jerry Garcia thing because I totally, like, that's my experience. For me, like, the beginning was super, like, free. Super free with all my madness and mental defects and character defects and anger and love and, and, and all of that stuff. Like, I took that on the road, dude. Am I... In my 20s, you know, from, from my, through my 20s, dude, I was, I did that thing. I was discovering what it was, dude, how far the boundaries of this thing could be pushed. You know, I didn't, I didn't choose drugs and alcohol as, as, as a reason to, because I was in pain. I chose drugs and alcohol because I, I wanted to find out what it was. And so that's the path I took. There, people choose other paths. There's lots of other paths to figure out what, what it is. You know, I could have joined a monastery in Tibet. I could have, you know, I was watching something the other day about this girl who rode like her bike, this Korean gal who rode her bike on every continent until she just forced gumped out and just was like, I can't stop riding. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I think for me that that similar that was a similar experience is like once you realize how beautiful it is, you realize what a bad job we're doing down here. And that's pain, man. And for me, I'm only speaking from my own experience. That's where my alcoholism really took its twist. And it was subtle. It was a subtle, subtle twist. It wasn't like, oh, one day I'm like, oh, this is too much. And I just, I'm off to the races. It was just, let me hide in what I thought was freedom, right? See, I didn't, I didn't think that, I didn't know any better, right? So the logical extent of this exploration of, of the, the expansion of the third eye, the expansion of personal sovereignty, the expansion of it all was to, to build a cage around myself. I didn't know it was a cage. See, I, I didn't know enough. So I built, I thought freedom came in a bottle or a packet or a, a rolled up in a paper. Or, 
you know, grew out of some cow patty or something or came on a square of paper. I didn't understand that, that, that what I had done was trapped myself into an ever spinning out downward spiral of, 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 of pain and beauty, right? And so when it all, when the gig comes, when the gig comes up, you know, when the end of the downward trajectory shows up, I'm not in some place where I'm not, I I can't, dude, I'm literally at the top of some mountain overlooking the world in full command of it on some sort of weird level. Like I had the control panel to the, to the universe at the same time. And yet I was like some, I had the control panel, but I knew the only, the only button I knew to push was the destruct button. You know what I mean? Because that was, that, that was, that's the, like really the only button we've been taught in our society is the destruct button. So, so destroy yourself with drugs and alcohol, destroy yourself with the, false pretense of freedom, right? You know, wrapped up in drugs and alcohol. So, you know, when I get sober, when I get sober, I don't understand what's in store for me. If you had told me the the slow burn of sobriety would have been more powerful than my first psychedelic experience, I couldn't have understood what you were talking about. And, and it's that thing is like today I sat and I watched. I'm kind of emotional about it because I, ta- I felt it again. I saw what it was, dude. Like the true, the true weight of time and space, dude. The true weight of being a human being here. Except I'm not going to go get loaded about it. I'm not going to go drink over it. I'm not going to go eat acid over it. I'm not going to go any one of the ways about it. I'm truly just going to feel it and understand that 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 is the gift of that is what it's supposed to be down here that is that is why we don't need to to do anything to add it's it's about really being in a place of not needing to add anything right and so you know here here we are is 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 it's gone like that dude i think that's where like like it always strikes me as if you know, when I was a young psychedelic warrior, that was like lifetimes ago, man. And so here we are, you know, I'm about to be 52 here in a couple days, like the clock's spinning. I'm still like living life. I'm, I'm looking at my son who's growing up. I'm looking at the, the world around me and there's nothing wrong there's nothing to run from. That's, that's, I think that's the gift of sobriety. It's like, I don't need to run from it. I can actually sit here and feel the weight of the world. I can feel the weight of the world right now. And all of its beauty. I'm looking at these flowers in the background right here. These, these, that wasn't, dude, I grew that. That was all not, I planted all that stuff last year. Like, that's just a dude planting things and time and and it's not this this isn't about like it like a negative it's about understanding it's like there's so much beauty 
And yet there's so much like of this like failing human suffering, dude. And 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 for me that's that's really like why I sit here and do this is like I know people are suffering out there. I know people are absolutely suffering right now. Because there isn't any escape anymore. There you can't there's no just I'm gonna go hide out in a rock and roll band, dude. I'm going to go hide out here. I'm gonna, there's no hiding anymore. You can't hide out in a bottle. You can't hide out in some packet of blow. Because there's no freedom. There's no psychedelic journey anymore. There's no, that, that's all been played out. And, and here we are with the only, the only path forward is God, right? The only path forward is God, dude. And, and so when you realize how how beautiful that is and how gnarly it is dude and, and what and why god loves us so much right if you get into the you know turning your will and your life over to the care of god as you understand him is is understanding that that god loves us so much because we he has given us the craziest assignment of all is to go down and be a human being and not run from it. Not run from your failings. Not run from your successes. Not run from any of it. Can you go do that for God? Can you go down there and truly experience this for God and be willing to truly do it? And and that's where like I don't get into this like, you can say it in some sort of offhanded way, like, you know, to, to go be a loser, but that's the courage it takes to be an alcoholic or an overeater or anybody or a gambler or any of these things is because you've put yourself in an experience of, of pain for the sake of pleasure. It's very crazy. It, that's why the second having having come to having come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity is 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 that is an insane proposition to actually suffer for pleasure, right? Like like nothing that nothing that I put into my body was any good for me. Alcohol is a poison. Cocaine's a poison. Marijuana isn't a poison, but. Too much, too much of it is, is just, I'm going to drink, you know, I'm not a Rasta, you know? And so you get to this thing where you realize that, you know, psychedelics, they're poisons too. That's how they work. And, and so you realize there's this thing that we're trying to, uh, we're trying to get ourselves to pleasure through pain. And then you realize, no, the only way to get to pleasure is to stop putting yourself in pain. It's, it seems so obvious, but, but again, the alcoholic mind w- wouldn't know this until we've decided that the pain no longer f- suits us anymore. And, and they say it a lot is, 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 is keep doing it till you're done suffering, till you're ready to stop suffering, dude, the solution won't make itself apparent to you. And that, that's more what I get at with, with people is there's nothing I can do to stop anyone from drinking or sticking drugs in their body or overeating or gambling or hooking up with bad partners or 
watching porn or doing whatever it is that's keeping you from truly finding like like the truth is because most people have been convinced that the pain they're enduring is pleasurable which is like that talk about unmanageable talk about the definition of insanity right so how do you get out of that and that's why like you know you get into this thing is is it it says it here at the end dude like that's it's always like kind of overlooked a little bit probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism god could wouldn't couldn't would if he were sorry and and for me, my alcoholism may be different than someone else's alcoholism because, you know, it's a it's a spiritual malady. It's a it's an allergy. You know, it's a it's a uh, I forget the other one, but what I'm getting at is. Yeah, but con- contentment's not what people think it is. That's that's the joke, Charlie, is is contentment isn't what people is and, I, and I'll tell you what I've learned in, in what I'm 11 years 11 and a half years sober is contentment is being able to be truly unhappy and not need to escape it because it's easy to be happy dude like and pretend that that's what makes you happy I've found that happiness isn't what I think it is dude like, I don't know what it is. I just know what, what, I, what it isn't. You know what I mean? That's the only lens I really have on this, like, human experience is, like, that doesn't work for me. But when I'm there, I can't do anything about it except not run from it. You know what I mean? So, so it's this thing we're, we're understanding is, like, dude, it's not about going down to some shaman and, and eating some brown liquid it's not about escaping over here going on a vacation to bali and doing a bunch of green smoothies it's about really understanding that the only way through it is to admit the truth to myself that that i am in pain and i don't mean like right now like i'm fine but i mean like when the moments arrive that i don't need to run from it that it's okay that, that that's, that is like why God gives us such forgiveness and love because God's like, dude, I asked you or you, you volunteered whatever that relationship was to come down here and experience this human thing. God's like, that's why God forgives us. He's like, dude, I know that that's painful what you're doing. And so you're probably are going to have to do some pretty stupid things to deal with it till you stop realizing that that that's not the path right and so time's moving quick time's moving real quick man and maybe that's just my experience i don't know just doesn't seem like there's a lot of time left to like be debating where you are on this journey dude like you either i'm i can i can assure you that my last 24 hours have been as psychedelic as any experience I had under the influence of mind-altering psychedelics because like I could feel the weight of time and space and I didn't need anything to enhance it or anything to take away from it or anything to end it. I didn't have to run from it. I literally sat with owl in my lap and listened to morning dew and was like that's the heaviest song that 
has possibly ever been written, dude. And just like, very, you know, like, whoa. So with that said, I, that's kind of my opening monologue for, for this. I'm an extremely hopeful person because I don't run, run from any of this anymore. And I can't imagine being here in 2021 and, and wanting to get out of the pain, pain for pleasure loop, dude. So let's, uh, let me see what you got. Let's see what you guys got. All right. Well, to God admitted that when no one else is around, I am a drug addict and an alcoholic. God listened. I wept. Very heavy, Renee. Very heavy, dude. Ryan Lyon, marijuana will get you. I myself suffer from CHS, cannabis, hypersense syndrome. A lot of folks here in Colorado are starting to feel. Yeah, that's why the government's produced. That's why it's legal, dude. And I don't mean like legal in the in the sense of like it should should have never been a crime to begin with but when you when you put it through the matrix of the government's a-okay is it really legal and it's because of that is is marrow dude the, the weed you're smoking now or people are smoking now in 2021 is not the weed i smoked when i was young and it's not this the weed my dad smoked when he was young dude like the stuff you guys are smoking now is 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 engineered and fully genetically modified to totally be a drug. I hope you're aware of that. Like, I don't, I think a lot of people shortchange the power of marijuana in modern times and caution, 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 dude. But uh, it's not for me to, it's not for me to pull things out of your mouth so you don't harm yourself. It's up for you to figure it out for yourself, dude. We're here, um, we're here because, uh, Weirdly enough, my drug days ended with a spiritual awakening. Well, that's the, uh, with the, the DMT, I was a staunch atheist before that. Now I'm trying to find a way home with a sober mind. Now, good for you, Dijon. Whatever it takes, man. Uh, yes, it's very powerful. I was mixing in concentrate with my bowls, started messing with the stomach function. Gnarly, dude. Um, you're exactly correct. Hash 100 mile per hour gets you. Glad I moved to a new sport of sobriety, dude. Yeah. Yeah, sobriety's the ultimate sport, man. Talk about like taking your lumps like straight on. Like, like the ultimate UFC is like mixed martial arts, whatever you want to call it, is taking on life on life's terms, man. It's tricky, dude. But I, I tell you what. I mean, as I listen to Owl running around in the background in the house and in total joy those weren't sounds i was hearing loaded dude i wasn't hearing that that would annoy have annoyed me i would have been i used to i remember early so early sobriety right it's a funny story from early sobriety dude i i felt just as powerless as i did day one don't use i felt gratitude yeah the the marijuana thing's a whole I, I don't want to get too into that, dude, is because that's not solution. For me to just sit and rail on something's not solution. The solution is this, man. And it's 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 getting past the problem and into the, the solution. Because I know a lot of people are here trying to figure something out or maybe in the thing and they're moving on the journey and, and they just want a reassuring message is like, no, I'm not 
I'm on the solution. So when I was early, I remember I was early sobriety. And I, this is what used to piss me off in early sobriety. Was I used to, the dolphins would be swimming out in the ocean. And you know when their fins come up? I used to get super mad because I was like, I wished I wanted the dolphins to stop waving at me. Like I was like, I wish the dolphins would stop waving at me, dude. I'm tired of the dolphins always waving at me, dude, right? Because in the beginning, like, like what I realized was beginning to happen, I wasn't ready for yet. I wasn't ready in the beginning to have the bondage of self be released, right? It was easy to stay in a prison of my own making than truly take responsibility for my own contentment and happiness via God, right? Like the minute that I truly understand that if I turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him, that it all changes. I was like, dude, I don't, nah, I fought it for a while. Like I, I, in the early sobriety, it was, it's a fight, man. It's not a fight to stay sober. It's a fight to try to allow yourself to be content and happy. That's what it is. Most people think that, be, that I, I'll get to that Renee in a second as, is most people think, and again, I can only speak from my own experience. That the be- why the beginning battle of sobriety is so hard. It wasn't about like I want to get loaded. I was more of more afraid of of the potential of realizing that I had totally screwed myself for as long as I had. You know what I mean? Like when you realize that you've been your own jailer, your own torturer, your own abuser for possibly decades. That's a tough pill to swallow. It's easier to get mad at the dolphins waving at you than it is to be like, dude, I did that to myself. You mean everything that's broken in this stage of my reality is due to my own making? Ah, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're there, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, dude, is 1-800-273-8255. National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Thank you, Renee, because that gets it onto the, the, the podcast. I, I appreciate you posting that. And um, patience is a tough one. Well, you know, I, I, okay, that's a good thing. So I, I had to learn patience. So in the beginning of my sobriety, right? Like you start to feel better. You're like, yeah, dude, gung-ho, you know. Month six, dude, you're getting pretty fired up, dude. You're feeling good. Feeling good. Doing the thing. Yeah. And you're ready for things to start happening. So I've told this story before, but I'll I'll tell it again because I think it's relevant about, about patience. So I was... I six, seven, eight months sober, right around there. I'm, I'm rolling back from a meeting with my spiritual advisor, Joe Shaughnessy. And I'm in the car with him. And I was all about to start. I was like, I'm, I want to join the Marines, dude. I was, I was 40 and you, I think you can join the Marines or you could up till 42. And I was like, dude, I checked it all out. I'm going to go join the Marines, man. I'm going to, I'm so not, I, I'm amped. You got to remember, I was like a gnarly carpenter, skater, surfer at the time. I'm all gung-ho guy. And uh, I was like, yeah. And he's like, look, dude, 
Like, I'll drive you up to the recruiting station right now, dude. But, like, I know some people who have done that, and I highly advise you don't. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to do then? What am I supposed to do? And he's like, he's like, just be patient and let God do it for you. And I remember being in the car with him, driving down the PCH, right around where I, he found me on the, in front of the liquor store, yelling at him, what is patience? What is patience? Because I didn't understand the concept. Dude, I never had to be patient ever. And so he was like, well, try and figure it. He was like, try and figure it out, dude. Try and figure it out so you can let God into your life. And I was like, all right, man. And what that, what I did from that point on was I sat at, at Starbucks coffee shops a lot. I didn't have a car at the time. So I would sit at Starbucks coffee shops. This is before I started YouTube, so I was still a writer. I used to, before YouTube, I used to be a pretty prolific writer. I used to write, like, all the time. That was my thing, dude. Short stories, novels, like, whatever, dude. So I used to just sit at Starbucks for hours and hours and drink coffee and write and just learn patience. And it took me... It took me like four or five months to learn what patience was, dude. And I had to train myself to sit there because I didn't, I couldn't, there was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do. I just had to sit there and ride time. And it's when I discovered what patience was because patience isn't something that can be explained, right? It's something that can only be experienced. Once you know what patience is, you, 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 you get it, but you couldn't explain it, right? So it's that thing where, where what I've, I think that is another one of the gifts of sobriety is, is the willingness to be patient, which is super hard. But then you find that, that it's, the, it's the journey of a thousand steps, right? It's, it's if you... If you take one step and you take another step, but you take each step one step at a time, next thing you know, man, you've got, you've got way more than a thousand steps on your thousand step journey, dude. It's, it's only by looking into the future and future tripping that you, that you can't be patient. If, if you truly stay out of the future tripping perspective, like patience is relatively easy. Like, just stop dwelling on tomorrow and start focusing on today. If you focus on today, you realize everything's okay. Again, that is the, uh, the, the only way to, to get sober is one day at a time. And, and that's my, my advice for anybody who um, spoke in, who is trying to do this thing is, is you don't need to be sober forever, dude. You don't need to die sober. You don't need to be sober tomorrow, dude. Your goal and the only goal that any of us have who are trying to stay sober is just to stay sober today. All I got to do is stay sober today, dude. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. All bets are off because you know what? The interesting thing is tomorrow will never be today. 
Once you discover that little factoid, that tomorrow will never be today. It'll always be tomorrow. And if you can do that, just, just not get loaded tomorrow, dude. All you got to do is not get loaded today. And that's where the power came from. That's the only reason I can stay sober. Is I, don't, I, I have given myself the freedom to get loaded tomorrow. Because tomorrow's never going to come. It's a trick, dude. It's a total trick to allow yourself the freedom to be in this day. Because I don't know how... I don't know how I could stay sober if I was worried about tomorrow. I have no clue what tomorrow is going to bring. I do have to go to the dentist tomorrow. I do know that. But, but again, that is, that is not today. Today we're right here and um, it's real. Again, is, is if you can tap into the uh, time traveling aspect of, of this life. See, most people think time traveling some some out there concept. Time traveling super easy if you understand if you understand it, dude. All you got to do is just allow time to occur, dude, and you will end up wherever it is, dude. It's it's the funny thing like like I remember getting sober, right? Like and this is good advice for someone who's new getting sober is Is figure figure like you're newly sober. It's for like newly sober people. You're newly sober. So you're basically you're out in the ocean. You're out in the ocean in your life raft of sobriety, right? You grabbed a hold of sobriety and the, the 12 steps and the fellowship and the things we do to stay sober like a drowning man. So you're in your little lifeboat. You're out in the middle of the you're out in the middle of the southern Pacific, dude, the largest ocean on the planet, dude thousands and thousands of miles from anything dude you're just out there in your little lifeboat of of new new sobriety my advice is to put some islands just over the horizon and those islands are are fantastic goals that are attainable right and what i mean by fantastic goals that are attainable is like I don't know, like I want to go somewhere I don't think that I can get to or I want to I want to do something I don't think I can do. But it's a, like, look, what I mean by this is like attainable, like me putting one of my goals over the horizon is like I want to be a wingsuit pilot. That's absurd. You, you get what I'm saying? It's got to be something. But but me being like, I want to, you know. I want to go skydiving. I've done that, but is 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 attainable. But what I'm saying is you put some goals that are that are pretty far out of your reach of like potential for the moment you're in in early sobriety, but are but are attainable through the fantastic nature of like potential, dude. So when I was early sobriety, like one of those goals to and why you want these goals over the horizon is so you can start rowing your sober boat somewhere. Because if you get sober and you're just going to sit and float in the middle of the ocean, odds are a storm's going to come up and sink your boat, dude. So you need to start rowing towards somewhere. And, and what you'll find is you'll row 
and the islands of your intent will begin to pop up on the horizon. You'll see them way off and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to aim for that one. And it'll get you a direction going. There might be things along, you might change course on the way. So for me, like early sobriety, one of my early islands, one of my goals that it seems so far out of reach was I wanted to go down to Chile and go surfing down in Chile. You know, I made it. But if you had asked me early sobriety, and this was one of the exercises my spiritual advisor had me do was like make a list of goals that are, that are not too extreme, but somewhat extravagant so that you can know that sobriety is working in your life. And, th- and that's the thing is, is, is these aren't things that you dwell on. These are things that, that you've put over the horizon so that when they begin to show up, you're like, oh, wow, dude, I am in contact with God. I am achieving something. I am going somewhere. I am moving my boat through the open ocean towards something on the horizon. And, and what you'll find out is you're rowing. All you got to do is keep moving one day at a time in your little rowboat of sobriety. And eventually you'll get to one of these islands and, and then you'll get some fantastic new islands along the way. Like, Having owl was not something I ever even imagined. If you had asked me if I was, when I was getting sober 11 and a half years ago, like, dude, in, in five years, you're going to have like the raddest son named owl. I would have been like, what are you talking about? Dude? Like, you're stupid. But you, you do. You have these things show up in your life and it's only because you were rowing your boat and the more you rowed your boat, the stronger you got and the closer you got to the continental reality, man. And, and that's like the thing I was talking about in the beginning, the heaviness of, of time and space and like moving through it is, is you think you're stuck in time and space. You're not. That is just, again, the perception of drugs and alcohol. But you might be able to look back and, and, and one of the painful experiences of your, of your new sobriety is realizing that you wasted so much time. And, and what I'll tell you and the same thing I'll tell my, my spiritual advisor told me, Joe Shaughnessy, was it's only a waste of time if you didn't learn the lesson of that experience. Is, is to be grateful for your tortured journey because that tortured journey is the tool that will get you to make a watertight craft in, with God's love and the reason to work these If you don't have a tortured journey, dude, you ain't doing this, dude. If you're just some like, nah, everything's fine, dude. I got all sorts of Mountain Dew and Twinkies and video games. Like, everything's fine. You're not going to get down and dirty with these 12 steps and, and get, get with God and, and choose God's assignment, man. Because God's got an assignment for you. And, and that's something really, really to understand is God's got a beautiful assignment for you if you're willing to, like, accept the assignment. Most people aren't. They don't want it. Trust me. I see it all the time. Very few people get it and are willing to take on the assignment because the assignment's heavy, dude. 
You think the assignment's easy? No, the assignment's next level radicalness, dude, to go out and carry the message to help other alcoholics and addicts achieve sobriety. That's a gnarly thing because you know what it is? That's, that's life-saving, dude. Be, see, you're, what, what, this, what we're being asked to do in the 12th step is to go help other, is to go, what is it? Let's be clear with the words. Tried to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. Having had that spiritual awakening, right? Carrying the message to alcoholics, that means that you're, you're, you're trying to carry the message to people that are on a kamikaze mission into the side of the mountain, dude. Like, that's what I mean is like, you weren't, it's not like you're going up to somebody who's like, you know, tiptoeing through the daisies and you're like, dude, look at the tulips in the daisy field. You're literally trying to communicate with a kamikaze pilot on a suicide mash mission into the side of the aircraft carrier going, pull the needle out of your arm. Don't put the booze to your face. I got this book, dude. We can do it one day at a time. And they're like, nah, dude, I'm going in. Like it's, it's a gnarly thing. And what you, part of why that assignment's so gnarly is you're going to watch people just fly into the side of battleships, dude, and blow up and be like, damn, dude, that's what I was up to till that person got me to, to turn my air, little kamikaze plane around, turn my zero back to the, to back to the base and land safely. Yeah, dude. Like if you've achieved some sort of sobriety, don't, take it for granted man get realize that it's it's super life serious dude because most people are just on a kamikaze mission into the side of the ship dude and it's pretty heavy dude when you've watched enough people crash into the side of the ship they're gone dude they are gone so i don't have time for the dead dude i only have time for the living you know i'm not a big morning people are like once you if you're out you're out dude and you did it by your own hand, then, ah, dude, you know, and, and doing it with drugs and alcohol, yeah, there's no victims here, baby. So, so if you choose the, the mission of what's why, like, the assignment as a sober person to carry the message is to really understand that, that the opposite of life is death, dude. Like, people choose to die in this game because they don't want to accept the weight of life, right? And, and, and I, think that, I think that that's super radical, dude. And it's hard. It's hard to be to sober because, again, is it's super psychedelic in that sense is, is the only way you get to understand and, and value your sobriety is knowing that at any given moment, you could die because you forgot to stay with God, you know, you forgot to stay in prayer. You forgot to stay here with God and carry the message. You just thought you could handle it on your own and you're out. And so it's real. It's super real. And at that same time, it's the most beautiful thing you'll ever experience is, is understanding the truth. And it is, that is the truth, dude. Life is painfully beautiful, dude. And so, yeah, same advice I give anyone sucking on booze, introverted yogi, 
go get with the fellowship and enough, dude, enough. Put on a new pair of pants, dude. Like, stop. Just go get, go admit you can't handle it and go get with some people and handle it. Handle it. Get with God, dude. It's super. Read this. Read the 12 steps. Go to the beginning of those things and listen to the 12 steps, dude. It's, it's that. It's, it's that complicated easy, dude. It's the easiest thing you'll ever do and it's the hardest at the same time, dude. It really is. It's 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 ridiculous that that this but this is how Some days you're not connected, dude. And that's just the way it goes, dude. Faith Look, I I'll give the breakdown on this, Tucker. Faith is the understanding that some days you're just not connected to God and that you will be connected eventually and you're just willing to ride the rail, dude. That's what faith is to me. Faith is me when I don't feel God's in my life, understanding that eventually like I'll be reconnected with God if I don't do anything stupid, right? See, the people that don't have faith are like, oh, well, God, I'm not connected with God, so I might as well just go and get pickled today, dude, and that's going to make things better. I just Instead of like just waiting for it and going, you know, I'm having a shitty day, dude. I'm having a bad day. I'm not connected. I don't feel it. Okay. That happens, dude, all the time, dude. As I heard the old man say in St. George, Utah, dude, the definition of having a spiritual experience is not having to drink or use today, dude. That's all you got to do. Did this, like, again, I think people get over, like, overhyped with, like, you're supposed to do something. Some days, some days, all you have to do is just not drink or use that's it that's all your assignment is just don't do anything that's gonna fuck you up dude just stay sober today you don't have to be like radiating god 24 7 you don't have to be like constantly like in the light that is the that is hubris it's about understanding that some days it's gonna be a dumpster fire and you don't have any way to put that dumpster fire out except to sit and watch it burn and go to sleep that night and wake up and look at the dumpster full of ashes and go, oh, good thing I didn't jump in the dumpster and light myself on fire too, dude. It, it's like that. Just don't jump in the dumpster fire, dude. Just sit and like let it burn itself out. God, and then get up and you try again and you get with God and then you'll be back in the light. Call somebody, dude. Be of service. The easiest way to get out of the thing is just go be of service to someone. Yeah, some days assignments is just not to pick up and use. Dude, if you're an alcoholic like me, dude, and, and you're in the early parts of it, like I, I don't have a lot of time to like do that because I got a child and a wife and life and all that. It, 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 some days just suck. But I, I can't do anything about it because, like, like, I have to keep moving. But, like, in the thing when it's just you and your little fellowship and you're just trying to hang on, some days it's just all about learning that you can get through a shitty day and it's going to be okay. It really is like that. That's like the beginning. Like, when I was in early sobriety, I used to go hang out with my punker, sober punker buddies and just smoke cigarettes in front of the Ralph's shopping center at 2 o'clock in the morning, dude. That's all I knew to do was I just call these dudes. We'd meet at the, at, if I was having a tough day, we'd meet in front of the, the supermarket and smoke cigarettes and laugh. It's, it's, part of, it's part of what it is, dude. That's how you know when you're having a good day. 
That's the gig. That's what I'm trying. I guess what I've been trying to get at for 55 minutes is the only way you know you're having a good day is because you've lived through a shitty day and a bad day and you didn't get loaded, dude. That's that's what it is. So just take it easy on yourself, man. Don't 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 put too much pressure on yourself. All you got to do today is just make it to the pillow without participating in your affliction. Just don't watch the porno today. Just don't gamble today. Just don't eat the Oreo cookies today. Just don't call up that, that person that's, that's dangerous to you today. Just don't s- smoke crack today. Tomorrow? Well, whatever, dude. It's just about today, dude. Just today. Some days it's just like I don't know where I'm at. And that's okay too, dude. That's okay. So... Well, we're just like that. We made it to the end here. Another hour, dude. How'd you kick six? The Easy Way by Alan Carr, dude. That 42. Just read the book, The Easy Way by Alan Carr. It costs you like 15 bucks. Order it on Amazon. Just read the book. It's super easy, but you got to read the book. It's just like anything else, dude. You got to do a little bit of work, dude. The Easy Way, right? It's amazing, dude. I haven't smoked a cigarette in like, 10 years, dude. It will transform you. Yeah, you'll return back to your natural state as a non-smoker, dude. (laughs) So look, to wrap this whole thing is up. Look, if I'm the final thing I always aim this. If you're suicidal and you're mentally depressed and you're overwhelmed and it seems like the world's falling apart, please don't take it on alone. Call the suicide prevention hotline number. Call a friend. Call somebody and just say, hey, I need some help. I'm not dealing with whatever this is well. I'm not dealing with life well right now. Life's a team sport. If you, nobody's a mind reader here, nobody knows what you're thinking until you tell them, dude. So please, your life is valuable. Your energy is valuable. You may be suffering. It's okay, dude. It's okay to call someone and tell them you're suffering, dude. So please don't be ashamed to suffer, dude. The most, uh, most shameful thing you can do is just leave us and it, the game's over for you, dude. So please. And if you're out there and you're trying to get sober, you can type in your um, AA central office, wherever you are, USA. If you type in your town central office into the Google search, you'll get a list of numbers. Just call one of those numbers. It's usually 24-7. Somebody will be there like me. They're more than willing to help you get to where you need to go. And, um, you know, look, life's a team sport. Sobriety is definitely a team sport, dude. It's a team adventure. It's not a solo operation. I highly advise anybody who's trying to get sober not to take it on alone. And um, with that said, dude, let's just go out with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. We'll be back here next Wednesday for next Wednesday for another sober Wednesday. God bless you. Stay safe, stay strong, use the name tags, be kind to each other, love yourself, and keep rowing your rowboat towards those islands, dude. All right, with that, I'm out. Good night. What's up, honey?
I was going to cook up that swordfish tonight. <laughs>